Welcome to another gorgeous little episode of the Moments of the Appas, a podcast discussing the Avatar Universe's folklore episode by episode. We are your hosts, Eric Lefebvre, Dr. Amber Jones, and Jessica Tercero. We're continuing our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender. We're in the shits now, folks. Book to <laughs> Earth. We are on chapter eight, The Chase. In this chapter, uh, the last nerve has been shot. Sleep is non-existent and Azula is determined. I want to say, Amber, when you said we're in the shits now, <laughs> I don't know what you did, but it did sound like somebody was like falling out of a chair. <laughs> so in my head, it was just like, yeah, we're in the shits now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, episode one of my favorites for lots of reasons it's like this episode is full of like misdirection you think you know what the stakes are or what it's about and then it changes and it's just delightful and like actual misdirection right we're trying to like throw azula off so it's like on the surface level and like you know under there guys yes and uh, our cast coheses for the first time officially, right? Like, yeah. Toph, Everyone is here. Everyone's Everybody. here. Everyone's kind of meeting. And finally, our core cast, everyone is here. Like, our main characters all convened for the first time in the same place at the same time in this episode. Yes. It's great. It's so good. It's so good. Um, so we start off with like, so conflict number one is like, oh, we have been traveling a while now. We just picked up a new member. She has not picked up on our natural kind of rhythm that we have clearly gotten used to. And so now Katara, though we love her to death, we know that she's also just like an asshole. Um, and so and she like does has that. to be the one to passive aggressively nudge Toph into just falling in line with what they're doing. Like she does that shitty thing where she apologizes to get Toph to apologize, but yeah. Toph is like not having it. And she's like, <laughs> more pissed because she apologized for no reason and um i think this is a really great episode because we do get to see that side of katara where it's like she's great as long as everything is happening as she wants it to and as she expects it to she doesn't deal well with conflict yeah and I also like the gendered expectation of this episode, too, where there is an understanding that, like, oh, well, Toph's a girl, so she's going to show up, and it's going to be like, yay, there's finally a girl here. And Toph's like, yes. um, yeah. no. <laughs> like, the fun joke about the hair, where it's yes. like, oh, these boys are so stupid. Like, oh, and then girls Toph walks... Girls like the boys. Yeah, and she walks up with hairy pits, and she's like, Ugh. I and got just, hairy pits. <laughs> it's just a cute way to just, like toss that aside because again Toph is so far away from that and it's just another fun play on gender and gender expectation gorgeous we yes. love that the show does it but that, and they uh, go ahead yes I, oh. oh yeah 
we we see like Katara get like just ultra shitty too because like after apologizing and then like having that not go how she wanted she literally takes the lowest blow that she can where she says oh the stars are so pretty too bad you can't see it and like it's just like what the fuck like she's all like tough is self-sufficient like sure there's some kinks to work out but you are just being an absolute trash hole right now and then tough is like actually saving everybody where she's like hey something's coming right hey this like like she's not given any time like i i was like tough like katara you need to calm the fuck down i could not believe that line like I know. Are, I was like, "Why did they write that? Because it's horrible." There's and like, there's jabs. It's not Katara. It's like, it's just one of the things where I was just like, oh, "Like, but again, in in an episode where we're showing Katara in a really negative light, because again, yeah. we all have these like moments. Like, generally, and I would be like, tired. that's not good, and they are very tired. Generally, I'd be like, yeah, that's not Katara. Katara would never say that. But also, like." She might, like, in a moment of, like, a low weakness, like, in this space, being like, she's not acquiescing to anything that I'm wanting her to do. She is so reluctant and so belligerently anti anything I have to say. Um, You know what? Why is she even here? She's just whatever. And I could not believe that joke. A. B. uh, On the opposite side, like, yes, Katara is being a total jerk. But also, it's funny to watch because Toph is literally like a rich kid. Yeah. Like, she yeah, is yes. a wealthy child. And so there is this understanding. Like, Katara's like, not a rich kid at all. She's like, hey, we really kind of like help each other. We're all in this. And granted, if she was like, hey, do you like, can you do it? Like, I, I feel like because of her passive aggression, there is a, yeah. like, I'm not going to ask you but I want you to do it. Like, yeah, not, not to leave someone. Cause Hara should have just been like, Hey, check it out. Will you help? Do you mind? Like, I'm going to ask you bold and bluntly straight up. This is kind of how things have gone. I know we're working with something new here with you. The dynamic is changing. Um, do you mind? At least we can try it for today and see how it goes. And she did. Right. Like at, at a certain point, she's like, hey, we need you to help. And uh, Toph was like, why? Yeah. I I am taken care of. I have all of my things. How dare you? And I think that that really speaks to what you were saying, Eric, where um, Katara came from a community where they yes. didn't ha- in order to survive. They had to work together. They had to figure out how to, you know, somebody has to get wood for the fire while somebody else works on shelter while somebody else does food while you know like there are lots of things to be done and not one person can do this themselves if you're going to survive you have to rely on each other and you need to like not have to ask people to do every little thing right like it you just see where what needs to be done and you get it done whereas tough you're so right um and i didn't even think about this um we're like Toph has had literally everything handed to her on a silver platter. The Beifongs are literally the richest people in the entire world. So, like, she has never had any sort of community. She's just had other people do stuff for her. But because she's never had anybody else rely on her, right, she thinks that she's doing exactly what she needs to do, where she has her own food, she has her own shelter, she has her own stuff. So she feels like she's 
doing everything she can to not be a burden and to not like have, she's like, look at me. I don't have servants. See, I can do everything on my own. I'm great. But she doesn't understand community because she's never had that. And like to her that it's always meant independence, right? Which is absolutely not the same thing. And I love that that's where the impasse is for these two characters because it is like neither one of them is technically wrong, especially given their backgrounds. But just the fact that they're so drastically different, Mm -hmm. uh, it really creates this like combustible tension that we see explode and we see them like really hate each other for a sec. Yeah. like, And they're just somehow not able to communicate past these like walls that they've both put up. Like to be fair, I mean, granted, it's something that also the boys aren't having to deal with because it's also coming from a place of like the boys don't have to think about it. The boys don't have to think about this because it's like young women as young femme people like you have to have these structures in place for safety no matter where you're at. And so you're seeing both of their walls like literally just being the wrong shape and them trying to like, yeah, like because they are together. And like the boys are just being silly or whatever. Yeah. And just letting the girls fight when it's like, no, it, it actually probably would have helped if like one of you was just like, hey, let's all just like work together and just shut up. Literally. Like if Aang just stepped in and been like, I'll do like, this. I don't, like yeah. I know that they're also kids yeah. and they're all kind of like work literally like as children working out these traumas, things that they shouldn't necessarily even have to be going through. But um, it is just funny to watch. I mean, um, everybody yeah. is passive aggressive except Toph, right? Toph is like the one that is just 100% her all the time. And she's like, <laughs> cool, this is what I want. This is what I need. I'm going to say exactly what I need to say. And that's great. You know, like where like Katara, like her bending, right, is more fluid and, you know, um, go with the flow. Let's do this together. You know, and Sokka also grew up in that kind of like environment, right? Yeah. And too with like, you know, wind, like and... And because they're all passive aggressive, um, and they do talk about it too, where like Aang struggles to learn earthbending because it is so different from his nature. He has the hardest fucking time with it because he can't understand it because it is literally like counterscript to everything he feels and believes. And um, I think that's really interesting. And we're getting that um, because, yeah, this is the first time where they're all kind of like hanging out outside of like, you know, uh, the Earth yeah. Kingdom. Uh, so we're like actually seeing how those personalities mesh or maybe don't mesh, you know, yeah. um, and how that like tips the scale when everybody is, you know, passive aggressive yeah. <laughs> in this thing. Right. You add on there. No one is getting any sleep. No and sleep. You add on there. There's very real danger afoot. Mm. Azula's showing the fuck up. There is a <laughs> full of dangerous ladies that is keeping them on their toes. Like honestly, this episode, like if just a few things went a little differently, it would have been the end. Mm-hmm. And would have one hundred percent captured them and just like taken them back. Well, also not to like go back to Katara saving the world, but literally in that last fight, if Katara didn't show up, Aang would have probably over. died. Like one literally died. Yeah, she was, Azula was ready to kill him. Like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to do what my dad needs to do. Azula's always ready to kill. She's always. always. And so, yeah, again, if Katara didn't show up and be like, 
no. Um, game over, man. Game over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So also, like these fights are just like some of my favorite fights. Mm-hmm. They're just really, really good ones. Um, specifically where like Aang is finally facing Zuko and Azula. Like, <laughs> I would say like this is one of Azula's finest fights. Like, mm-hmm. so like the first time that they like met up with Azula, it was a surprise. And so that was like more or less her improvising and she was still like deadly. Um, now, like, she's had some time to think about it, think about her new target, the Avatar, how she was going to get them, like, this whole strategy of, like, them, they get to rest in their nice little train thing, like, tank thing, while they are chasing down these people who are, like, you know, they're all organic, they can't go forever, they need to rest. It's strategic genius and honestly, in many ways should have worked if um, if Azula was the type of leader to have her people come back and join her and help her in the same way that Aang has his people getting his back, it would have been a very different day. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Azula only lost because at the end it was just her against everybody else. But it was, was her against the entire rest she... of the cast. Like the whole cast. Literally. Family like... members, strangers had to come against her just to stop her in her tracks. And she was just like this. You you do realize you guys are all pathetic, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm 15. Yeah. It's, it's such a good strategy because like by the end of it, these kids look fucked up yeah so tired like, even the moment when yeah. azula it's like azula and zuko and they're like brother he's like brother what wait what did she say yeah wait ang is barely paying Fuck. attention <laughs> yeah it keeps cutting to him in his fucking eye bags danger yes <laughs> all of them it's so like, funny. It was just so funny. Every time so it cut back to him. I, it should have worked. Like she yeah. should have had them on that day because she caught them slipping and like 100% exploited it. Yep. Um, the only reason Katara and um, what's her brother's name? Oh, uh, Sokka. 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 I wanted to call him Finn almost. Uh, and Sokka get away from Tylee and May is because of Appa. Yeah. Again. So they still don't even have a solution on how to take down all three of them, much less even just one of them takes everybody, including their enemies, to stop. Like they were too much for them. And it is a miracle they got away. Which is also scary because one of those enemies happens to be, we could argue, is one of the most powerful people in the world, Uncle Iroh. Yeah. <laughs> like, and even then it's like, oh, no, she might win. <laughs> like, she probably will win. Yeah. Uh, crazy. 
crazy shit. Like she's so, just like throwing lightning like it's fucking nothing. She like effortlessly. And like the yeah. episode before, we saw what a prodigy she and we saw them actually call her a prodigy. Like yep. in, like when she's like showing off like five years old, just like whatever, you know. And again, like all of the fire that she throws is either lightning or it's like blue because it is just so fucking hot. You know, she's mm-hmm. literally on fire. She is going to kill everybody. And she's doing it effortlessly. It took what, like six people mm-hmm. to stop her? Literally six yeah. people. Wait, what is that quote? Her crew doesn't even have to be as hardcore as Mm -hmm. Aang's crew. You know, like her crew is like, oh, well, they stopped us. But if they were like more hardcore at this point, I do feel like Ty Lee gets more hardcore just because of like their deepening love for each other. But like here, like even if only Ty Lee had gone back and joined up with Azula, it would have been a different day. Mm-hmm. I was just going to pull up a quote because Jesse, you said something and it just reminded me of uh, Michelle Obama talking about Beyonce and being like, what was the quote? Girl, you have done it again. Constantly raising the bar <laughs> for us all and doing it flawlessly. And I, <laughs> have you seen do you know that quote like no it's you it's used as a meme where like somebody does something super dumb and it's like you have done it again <laughs> raising the bar for us all and doing it flawlessly it's the way you said that about uh her i was like yes it sounded never mind it's so silly I, it's it's it it's like like exactly twitter was... brain and meme brain in my head just the way you say things like oh my god same like Oh my god, okay, let's continue. You're right. They they also haven't like come up with a way to like defeat everybody because I mean, May is just throwing a bunch of like I mean she's gonna hit like there there's not even a doubt about like her. She's just yeah. so she doesn't even care and she's still like hitting her mark right. Like imagine if she actually cared. She is um, so fucking powerful. And Katara is admitting that she's terrified of uh Ty Lee. Yeah, she's like, uh, that girl did something that took my bending away. That is terrifying. You gotta keep away from her. Which is interesting, too, because, like, Toph is, like, doesn't count Sokka. (laughs) And, like, well, there's three of us. And they're, like, um, four with Sokka. Oh. I can still fight. (laughs) Three plus Sokka. And they're, like... But yeah, you know, like, if Ty Lee, like the other girls aren't benders either. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and if Ty Lee took away everybody's bending, then Sokka's the only one that can defend anybody because nobody else is like trained outside of, yeah. you know, outside of yeah. being able to bend. Which goes into like bender supremacy and like yeah. the whole like, you know. And not to like keep going back to like Toph is right, but like Toph is like right the entire time in this episode like i know that we don't want to like blame uh appa but when she's like it's the fucking bison's fault and it's like fuck you no it's not and it's like well no it technically is yeah and And then yeah and then later when they're in the fight it's like well and then i she's just like i know that she's so blunt and like Mm -hmm. 
unwieldingly stalwart, but like she's correct. Yeah. And she's the one who literally saves them at every turn in the episode. Yeah. Like I, and I love it. There's no, they don't have a chance of beating those dangerous ladies without Toph. She's a master and she's like, yeah, I know. I know that Katara is good and Aang is getting better, but literally like, I mean, they found Toph at the right time because, like, yeah. she's literally a master. She's literally, like, she is raising the bar for us all. She yeah. is it. She's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right in the middle of all of this wonderful conflict, we have Toph having tea with Iroh. Yeah! Just like, just you know, whatever. Oh, we haven't seen Iroh since uh uh was Zuko was like, oh, we don't have to travel together anymore. But of course, he's being an awesome person and basically tracking Zuko. I, I have a theory that like that's why he gave Zuko the bird horse, because then it would be easier to track him. Like oh yeah, will like hang back. But also, th- their talk is so like reassuring and and nice. It's like it's exactly what either one of them needs. And I just the initial thing where it's like he finds her or she finds him behind the rock, and then they end up having tea. He pours her a cup, and he's like, "She's like, I didn't need you to do that for me." And he's like, "I know, I wanted to do it, and that's just." it like there is nothing beyond that and it's like a moment of levity just in terms of like everyone her entire life has been like you're incapable you're incapable you're incapable and so she has to like defense be defensive every time and be like fuck you no i can do i'm stronger than you think he's like i know it you're very strong like you found me you kicked my ass have some tea literally like there was (laughs) Mm-hmm. there's a really interesting like screenshot in this episode where it's literally like tough in the foreground and she's doing like that um like earthbender stance like you know like fist up or something and, and in the background it's iroh and he's like bent over and like rubbing his <laughs> rump i think <laughs> Oh um, it's just a beautiful like screenshot. The iconic duo, like, Toph and wow. <laughs> Yeah, it is just such a nice moment, like them together, where like she's like, I'm capable. And he's like, Yeah, I didn't say that you weren't. And she's like, Okay. And she like lets her guard down a little bit. Like, because yeah. all she needs is to be validated, right? And like, yeah. like in a way that Katara cannot and cannot understand right because she's she's not even thinking about that life but maybe that's something that you know Iroh as somebody who also comes from privilege can understand and respect right anyways so like he's like you know she's like okay fine well why are you here and he's like oh I'm tracking my nephew I mean you know he's a little bit lost trying to figure himself out but like you know he doesn't want me now but if he does, I'm going to be right behind him. I'm going to be there and I'm going to yeah. be there to help him. Right. And which, again, so sweet. So yeah. sweet. And then tough, like, you know, just again, proving that she's right and her worth and that, you know, she is smart the wisdom. and capable. Is like, the hey, wisdom. 
you need to tell him that like he probably yeah. needs to hear it and then she like you know and then they just part their ways only to come back and be like oh what what the fuck oh it's you <laughs> yeah. oh okay like, we'll see them come together again later yeah. um but yeah it is it's so cool um what Toph says back to Iroh like you know let him know that you need him to um, because I saw that as like that's also what she was realizing mm-hmm. is that like she needs them she can't treat them like they're on the outside like she's treated basically everyone in her life because no one had been able to like see her and treat her for who she really is and here these here there are you have a whole group of people who see you now and so you you can't keep keep them like at that arm's length and you have to learn to work with them as well because you need them too and as the episode showed they need her it's very clear yeah. and she knows that need like her. they need her they to do this totally dead without they, her quite literally like the 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 danger level has jumped several tiers and it's it is just such a great moment where it's like she obviously knows they need her but like that realization of like oh i need them too yeah is uh it's just it's good it's so nourishing it's like yeah it's so rich for being able to recognize that that like, no, like, I know that I did this whole thing where I walked off in a huff, but I need them. I don't want to be without my friends. Yeah. I never wanted this like solo life, even though I was miserable at home. Uh, and so I'm just, I'm really proud of like the growth she has just by like, you know, giving herself the space to walk away and then change her mind. Alone time is important. Yeah. Yeah. Alone time is important. Self care. Yeah. Um, so is having a tea having tea with an interesting stranger. It's one of I mean, life's I love that Iris just always tea. down. He's like he cool. And he also like there's this little blind girl in front of him and like you know so many people especially people that come from his position in life right where he was like would just be like okay whatever but he's like no cool let's have tea he's not looking down on her he's not thinking anything bad about her you know and he even is like open to like the wisdom that she imparts on him right because he's not just like he's not just having tea to just like do it or whatever. I mean, sure. Part of it is that, but he's always open to like, you know, he's always open to hear like, and actually actively hear and participate in a conversation with people where like, you know, Oh, like he, he's willing to change his perspective at literally every, any given moment. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Iroh. This it's one of my favorite characteristics of his, this like, sort of Taoist effortlessness that he exists within of like meeting meeting engagements, meeting things, meeting time where it is, like never really worrying about the anxieties of the future or the woes of the past. It is just sort of like, I am in this place now. What's here? Who's here? Oh, something new coincidentally? That's what's here present. Like, I'm going to be present like whatever he needs to do. And he's the strength that he has is so awesome. And he doesn't wield it like this, 
like, oh, everything will do whatever I need it to do for me. He is one with the passage of time and is one with like nature and like the effortless ease of existence. And it's so admirable watching. It's like, honestly, one of the biggest lessons I've taken from the show is that single characteristic that he carries within himself. It's so, um, it's so good. Like, it's just, it is one of the best things to be. I think as like people like, outside of the constructs of capitalism or whatever, it's like being present, being engaged in the only thing that is technically real, which is now. Yeah. And other people and community, right? Like I, as somebody that is literally terrified of the world and everybody, um, walking the world as a woman is a terrible thing, (laughs) A, a terrifying thing. Um, I think that is one of the things that I love the most about this show specifically and shows like this where, you know, anything that's like labeled cozy, like a cozy game or a cozy show or something like where um, you can just have these moments of like you meet a complete stranger and you guys just talk there. Nobody is trying to hurt each other. No, like all you're doing is like hanging out there and seeing each other like I used to think that the world was that place and I know that it's not, but I really need it to be like, I would really just, I I want to live in that world. Yeah. I love Iroh. Where we can just have a cup of tea together. Yeah. With just somebody we don't know, you know, and not worry about does like, you know, any sort of prejudices or, you know, like, I mean, I what a wonderful dream! What a wonderful. I literally thing. hate capitalism. Like, 100%. I cannot because I literally like that is the one thing that I feel like keeps so many people from this reality is the pressures of capitalism, of the game, of everything. Like, you can't just exist. It's like capitalizing yeah. on your time, capitalizing on your productivity, capitalizing on everything. Like, on your you cannot art, just like. People won't Every, fund your everything. art because it's like they like money. Is it gonna? What's the return on this gonna be? And like y'all, nothing needs a return. Just vibe. Just do the it. The things that are supposed to bring joy and ease and like tranquility now for many people have just become some sort of subsidiary income monster to help yeah. facilitate their place like, in the, the structures of capitalism. A normal it's, life. Uh, it's so it's like crazy. monetize everything like, why don't you uh, just monetize like every thought what like I, it's really hard and as an artist i do struggle with that so much because where do where does that end and where am i actually getting my enjoyment from being an artist is it from the likes yeah. that i get is it from the um actual dollars that i get is it from people sharing my things is it from being perceived am I even being perceived like you know like there's all of these like big giant questions about that and the way that I want to be perceived and I want my art and everything to be perceived is on that level that Iroh is sitting there with um with Toph but then I wonder myself because I am a participant in capitalism and because these things are always in the back of my mind am I even creating art from that place I want people to see me and my art like that, but am I even there as an artist? 
yeah. you know what? I know that we're kind of going into this like little tangent hole, and I know that I'm the one who started it. But one last thing before we dive back into the show, if and when I ever start another band moving forward, I don't think I ever want to make merch again. Like as an intentional choice, I never want to make merchandise to sell. I'll be like, if you want to make something that represents what we mean to you, that is your thing. You can make it. Don't pay us for it. It's yours. You did it. Has nothing to do with me. I don't want to. I don't want to like. And I know that that's like. It's going to be impossible to like ever. Like it'll be. That's how you make money. It's not on your music. It's on the merchandise. Yes. Literally. And so for me, I'm like, oh, rebuking that is like an intentional, like, no shirts, no pins, no CDs, no nothing, like zero merch, mm-hmm. nothing. And nothing. and that's the other part of me, too. That's like, am I contributing any? Is this contributing to my um, to my art or is this just creating more waste, more plastic, more, you know, like a CD? A CD is plastic. Right. Um, yeah. The the song like it is. It is something that I have struggled with so much. And then it's like, okay, well, if it's just taking up space in my home or even if it's like I'm paying a company to make and ship the thing like a drop ship type thing. Right. But then how much of this am I actually going to get? Like, why don't we just if you enjoy like I want to normalize or I wish it was normalized just liking something. Give the money directly to the artist like you don't I don't need anything. I just want to give you money because I think you're cool as shit. Like yeah. I want that so much. I don't need <laughs> something for an exchange. I just want somebody to enjoy. Iro is the Iro's the blueprint. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um his outlook on life is so important in this story. Mm. And it holds so much together. And at um, the end of it, why Azula attacks him? I literally, yes, literally. At the end of this, he is the one who's struck. He's on the ground, and that's kind of where we end on the yep. episode. And it's, I mean, obviously we know he's fine. <laughs> and if anybody wants to show, we know he's fine. But um, it is a scary cliffhanger because it is again uh, the most powerful person in the world <laughs> has been cornered, and they'll do anything to escape. Yeah. And the one person they throw the blow towards is this integral foundational um emotional character. Yeah. Iro. Cause if he died, we wouldn't see him get buff in jail. And we need to see oh him get buff God. in jail. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> how so important to us. It's so important that it's we so see him important. get buff in jail. <laughs> Like his hotness is so close. It is unmatched. The 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 the, the sexual energy that this man in every state. There's so much more that's gonna happen in season two. It's hot. Oh, we have some <laughs> hot stuff coming up. Yeah. <laughs> He's so he's so good. Eric, a, but, when you get huh. to that like late fifties daddy stage, are you going to ever cosplay as Iroh? Oh, probably. I mean, <laughs> in a way that like, if I can find a way to not feel like it's appropriative, yes, sure, that, that makes sense. Yes. Um, but oh my god, like you guys, my power is gonna be so silly at that age. I cannot. <laughs> 
Uh, I hate I hate my twenties. My twenties are so, the twenties are so scary and bad. And twenties like, are awful. Horrible. They're hard. They're, They're so really hard. hard. And everyone acts like it's supposed to be such a great time. And like, no, those those are really really incredibly hard years. It's like the hardest emotionally, financially, for stability, for anything. Like you're constantly breaking. You're constantly failing. You're constantly like, and it's great because like. You're growing, and that's the point, but, like, fuck. And maybe it was different for previous generations that didn't have to work as hard as we do and, you know, were able to buy their first home at, like, 19 or whatever. I will throw up. Because, like, I think about, like, you know, previous generations, they had the greatest time. Like, oh, my gosh, like, high school they peaked. Or, like, they always talk about, like, their 20s, you know, and, like, what they did, and now everything is downhill and stuff. And I'm like... No, I'm in my no. mid thirties, and I feel like everything sucked then, and everything is just actually going up from there. Again, we're all yeah. getting hotter. Yeah, I've told several like little babies in their twenties that like talk about like like they're so worried about like their thirties, and I'm like, no, 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 you've been lied to. Your thirties rock. They really so fucking good. rock. Because it is like one of those things. You get what as you like dive into it, there is like a natural emotional stability that comes, yeah, because you've been a little messy, you've been a little shitty, you've been everything, yeah, and now you're kind of like, I'm kind of no, I kind of know who I am now, sort of like you're still obviously that changes all the time, but like it's just like you kind of have like this idea, so the confidence that like sort of imbues itself in like, oh, I'm a little resolute in myself, uh, I just. Uh, yeah it's gonna i'm it's gonna be good i i can't wait yes <laughs> can't wait can't wait do we have anything suck. and they're ending on such a shitty note okay anyways um uh, what else do we have to say about the episode is there anything Ooh, i don't have anything else um the bending is really really good in the it's- final um fight just like everything from Missoula is just so perfectly like calculated and like measured out that it's just it's it's wonderful and you get a little sad that she didn't succeed uh, well also kind of a nice little allusion to the finale with the water whip yeah. um there yes. there is a sort of a moment with Azula and Katara where it's like, oh, like knowing how it ends, yeah. seeing that and being like, mm. it feels foreshadowy. It is a natural foil to Azula. Like, yeah. Azula is crazy powerful, but like people are forgetting how crazy powerful uh, Katara is as well. And I think this is that seed for her, Constantly. the seed of information yeah. moving forward where she sees this. And it probably is just comes back later where it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I have to take this bitch down. Yeah. And I know how <laughs> to do it. Everybody else. I'm the only one who is not terrified of her. Oh. It's beauty. It's grace. It's everything. It's Miss United States. Yeah. Miss Four Nation States. Oh, there we go. That's the one. Are they nation states? Fire Nation okay. Princess. She yeah, Miss Fire Nation Princess. Somebody runs up behind her and steals her crown. It's a bomb! 
she starts I love crying. that scene. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so good. She's so great. Ugh. It's it's so good. It's such a good <sighs> movie. And it still holds up. Yeah. Parts of it. Although I mean <laughs> watching it, there is the level of like, oh wait, no, she's a cop. <laughs> also her boss person like does like you know um cross a line grabbing her butt yeah. and sexualize sexualizing her and stuff but i love the acceptance of femininity that is you know often looked and down you know upon yeah i always <laughs> wanted to do shots out of those test tubes <gasps> like yeah. as a kid i remember being like i can't wait to drink because i'm gonna drink out of that <laughs> uh, it was so it was so such i was just like i, I want to be in their friend group i want to i i want to be on stage with neon splatter paint i yes. want to drink out of test tubes like same <sighs> i still have like her final dress in my head like that had like that intricate beading on it like uh i want that dress <laughs> you know what i want her uh the german um yodel like the frau <laughs> whatever <laughs> when she's doing the oh god <sighs> she's so good Very okay cute. <laughs> well thank you all so much for joining us here on another gorgeous little episode of the momos and the oppas music and editing for our wonderful little show is done by eric lafibri artwork by david tercero Please don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, Uncle Iroh is a war criminal. He will war always criminal. be a war criminal. Um, never forget your past. And also, Iroh, call me. Yeah. Let's talk. <laughs> Let's share some tea with a interesting. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, what let's, a treat. Let's gab over some tea. What a yes. treat. Uh, oh no, I spilled it. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Woo! <laughs>